Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Okay, now, welcome to Back Chat. I say this every week. We don't like introductions here, but I will thank our sponsors off the top. Blue Bear, looking after us there. Shelter, Margaret River Roasting Co. And Whippersnapper Distillery. They do the best whiskies in the world. They and do. Ever since they've been it's alive with Back Chat. Mm-hmm. World Whiskey Award. We are sitting here with the one and only. I'm going to just say off the top here, I'm going to use this word once. It is my. It is my, it is my one word that I've always stumbled upon in my media career and it's inaugural yeah. oh good I'm not saying that word again Sean McManus first Fremantle squad member hello mate how are you oh, I'm great actually uh, what a privilege to be on the show I was telling my uh, one of my uh, younger sons the other day that I was going to go on the show he was going off his tits he was thinking this is the best thing in the world I've made it I've officially made it so tell the, tell the story properly though uh, I, I text Sean I said oh mate we'd love to have you on back chat and Sean's thinking what the fuck's back chat never heard of it <laughs> Told his kids and his kids are like back chat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, because uh, one of uh, his mates, oh, Taj Longmuir, um, Troy's, yeah, Troy, who I played footy with for many years, um, his son was on, had a chat to you guys once when you were doing something outside uh, the stadium for one game, if yeah, you, if roaming, you do that kind of stuff. That's roaming, roaming back chat, roaming back chat, roaming back chat. Is that a good friend, Charlie? It is. So yeah. Charlie over here, he does have a microphone. He is the only Frio fan in the house. So I will say, Charlie, you can start with Sean. Say hello to Sean. Good day, Sean. Oh, great to see you, Charlie. Come on, mate. Well, purple hearts all around, brother. <laughs> Rain it in, Charlie. We, we, we brought you in a Frio jumper. We got a Frio scarf. We got a Frio beanie. It's all happening back here now, Sean. Yes. Off the top, we asked the same question. To our guests, we've had 50 guests. Yep. Same question every time. First question. We want to know your greatest sporting achievement. Now, we know you've, we, we know yeah, you've yeah, played yeah, football, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay easy. It cannot be on the football field. We okay. need your greatest sporting achievement. It can be a, grade five, you, you won the Pogo Championship. I don't know what you do <laughs> over there. Yeah. We know you're a West Australian boy. Tell us your greatest ever sporting achievement, not on the football field. Okay, clearly this is a standout in my mind straight away. So when I was growing up, my dad loved to race pigeons. And so me and my brother David were instructed when he started working selling real estate on the weekends, pigeon racing occurs on the weekends for everybody out there, right? So you train the birds during the week and then you, by flying them outside their cage, and, um, and then on Saturday you go to the pigeon racing club, which was for me in Riverton, and you register the birds there. (laughs) <laughs> and then they fly, get taken in a truck, and they get driven out to Minganew and fucking 
you know, hundreds yeah. of k's away, like yes. full on shit. And then um, the pigeons all get released at the same time. They fly home to everyone's individual houses. So our so so we've got a pigeon racing club, Riverton, right? I have so many. You got so many questions. I have so many. Okay, jump in any second. Keep going. Keep going. So we can be the winner of Riverton's pigeon racing race for the day. Yes. Also, you can win, which only happens say once a month, where you get to. It's an all-in event, so it's a um, it's an intra club. It's an inter inter club race. Yes. So you register your pigeon for a bigger race, and not only do you have to be the first home and say for me Riverton, but the um, pigeon has to beat everyone else's birds home to their other pigeon racing club. So we had that. We had that. And we had a winner, and we got a trophy, and I was able to get up and get it. Because my brother had, um, he had some footy commitments later in the afternoon because he was in uh, under 15, started playing on Sundays. So that was the day we went to the Pigeon Racing Club and claimed the trophy. So that was it. I think we were 1,500 bucks. Holy oh, shit. shit. How, this is how long ago? 20 years ago? In the 80s? In the 80s. Yeah. Was that 40 years ago? <laughs> my house with that. So you are the, what? The, what? What is your title? You, you were the state uh, That was pigeon. an intra club race. So, so that, was a, that would be the state, it would be, almost be the state. Intra club championship. Oh my god! No shit. It was a big deal, man. It was full on. And here's the other thing with pigeon racing, which none of you guys would have a clue about. You can bet on your ho- your horses. You can bet on your, your on your pigeons. So they call it a pool, it, it, which essentially a pool. You can bet them to come first, second, or, or for a you know a, a, um, a place bet. And the winner, yeah. If you're uh, obviously if you win, it's not that you get the money. If you chip in five dollars, you get the mat the pool. Of it, oh you don't just get paid out a dividend if you like. Right. You get paid the pool of the le- money. Is this legal? Is this probably not? But <laughs> fucking hell, it's cool. Yeah, Mate. it was unreal. So that's my whole childhood. Racing pigeons. Oh shit! Yeah. So, um, so with that, so I talked about the training side of things. Um, so we'd be out. So we've got a uh, pigeon coop if you like, and then you teach these pigeons how to land on a race, uh, a landing board outside your coop, and then they go in through some holes into feed. So it's almost like you've got to starve them to know that they've got to jump from the board down the hole, and then that's where they get fed. So eventually you let them out the door, school them out, and then you keep them flying, you know, out the, out the front of the house with a broom, just keeping the bastards in the air like this oh. for fitness until you... <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then get them further and further away. And that, and that's yeah, yeah. So, yeah, part of the thing is, as we all did when, you know, we're doing any kind of fitness, you're building up. So, eventually, you know, our dad would say, let's say, I don't know, after school on a Friday, we'd get, say, 10 birds out and we'd drive them to Armadale, right? And we lived in Williton, so it wasn't, you know, a great deal, but that was a, a, distance, a yeah. distance they can fly home to. Then the next week we'd drive out further and eventually probably take them somewhere as far as Northern, which is an hour and a half. And um, that would be their final hit out before the, a race day. How quick are they? Like, could you beat them home? Or are they home? No, no, they're, they're, they're fucking lightning, mate. Yeah. Yeah, you can think about it. They're not, they're not going through traffic lights. They're not looking for stop signs, my friend. As the pigeon flies. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, as the pigeon flies. And, um, but one thing that used to go wrong with them is Hawks Dan used to get, get hold of them quite regularly. <laughs> oh. So they'd come home all ripped up. And then my dad would make us hold them. And then they'd sew, and he'd sew them up with like fishing wire generally. No, wow, yeah, it was full on. All right, Sean. Yeah. Well, we're going to speak to you about your footy career, but I think we're going to talk about time. Yeah, no, let's yeah. talk about pigeons. Right. <laughs> Mate, I, I got to say that could be the best. That is. That could actually be yep. the best we've ever heard here on Back Chat. That's amazing. It beats your five for sixteen. Dan yep. took five for sixteen in a grand final. Did, did you really? Under yeah. under twelve. Under twelve. Cricket club. It's actually, a cricket ball back here. We've brought it along here. We've got it on a on a 
Try I'm not the one to bring can, it up. Can I ask it's, how yeah. the um, dismissals took place? The five. Uh, I was buying leg spinners, yeah. so you know pies not, not, or real yeah, pies. Were they turning? <laughs> yeah, pies. Were they turning? <laughs> Enough. Yeah. Uh, no, it was the end of the innings. Was, you know, bit of spin, but uh, I think one guy I, I got caught for on the boundary a couple of times. So saved by the team. All right, but let's go to footy, okay? Because yeah, yeah. we are here to talk about your football <laughs> career, which was one of the better ones Fremantle Dockers have ever yeah. seen. Okay, so seventh most games, I think. I think that's where you're sitting now. You finished and you're... Oh, they're coming for them. They're coming over was, the hill, I was going to say, you were at the top when you finished <laughs> up and they're just coming. You're coming. So um, uh, eight Brownlow votes in your first year, nine in your second. So you get drafted, right? Jeez. So so you get drafted 1994 yeah. after a premiership with yeah. East Fremantle. So you're a premiership player. Sharks, yeah. People think that Fremantle players haven't won a premiership. Yeah. Premiership player right here. Well, how, how's this? So I started my... Um, so after... So under 15s was my last time played junior footy and that was for my club, Williton. Yes. So we won the grand final and we beat um, Linwood who were undefeated all junior... Like for fucking five years. Nice. And we we loved, we, we beat him in the granny and it was the first time they'd ever lost. And so I left there and went down and joined East Fremantle Colts just to train. I was thinking, because my brother was playing in the team and they invited me down to train in the preseason. Eventually I played for, the, for made the Colts team um, and played that year. So we ended up winning the grand final in Colts so, um, against Claremont. So I had two in a row, right? Wow. Following year I come back and I play reserves for East Fremantle. And we beat Claremont in the grand final there. Three in a row, if you don't mind. <laughs> Following year, I go back and play league for the whole whole year. I did play the last five games the year before of league. But anyway, I uh, play the whole season of league. We play Claremont again in the granny. It was like fucking... It was just the easiest win ever. So four in a row, then I joined Frio. I didn't play one until 2003. <laughs> I was, was going to say, did, did, you, did you perhaps... Use up all your premierships yeah, in your you junior years. I must. Have, I thought this this is fucking easy. Like, <laughs> it could be easier. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Start, so then, yeah. After that waffle grand final, and we when we beat Clem, I only watched it for the first time literally two weeks ago, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, they had Andy because Andy Brace, back then. They did. It was in black and white, very grainy. <laughs> but Andy Brayshaw's dad, um, Sticks Brayshaw, played his last game of footy in that game. Wow. wow. Because he became the CFO of the Dockers following that last game. Wow. Yeah. And you Cheers. you played against him, I'm assuming. Well, he took me out and I had no. to go off in the second quarter. You gotta see the you gotta see the footage of it. You'll find it somewhere. But um I saw him in between me and the ball and I was uh eighteen at the time, probably weighed a good solid sixty four kilos. <laughs> and I thought I'll I'll take you know, I'll run to him because in my mind, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big prick. And um, anyway, he just took me out. So I had to go off winded. Oh. It's hilarious when you see me walk off, look like an absolute idiot. Because <laughs> yeah, you would have been, you, you been, what, 17, 17 18? No, I just turned 18. Yeah. So that so right then, right, so obviously Fremantle's being spoken about. In, in, in Was it? Yeah. Cause, uh, like, yeah. like the actual club? Because it starts in 95. Yeah, so what happened 95. in June um, 1994, <laughs> the club was announced. So there was a big spectacle on Channel 7. Um, they uh, you know broadcast it live. They announced the team was called the Dockers. The the, the clashing colours came in, and everyone's going, "Oh my god, it looks like someone's throwing up on the jumper." <laughs> so there was a period of time where we knew that that was going to come in, and and I presumed I would probably be sticking around to play for the Dockers. The thing with Sticks Brayshaw, right? So he took me out in that grand final. Then he becomes the CFO of the Dockers. And then I start playing for the Dockers. So the first I end up going into the club rooms, uh, the, the the offices. He's called a meeting with everyone, get everyone around, all the staff, all, all new people and stuff like this. And we go into this room and I'm, I'm in there and he, and he gets this highlights tape up on this big screen 
And he shows this highlight of him taking me out and no. then me getting taken off. No. And he just said, let that be a lesson to anyone who's working under me. This is what happens when you cross me. The great Shawnee Mac, have a look at him. He's like Simpson and the donkey. He's just in all sorts. That is outstanding. So oh, we had Hamish Brayshaw on the podcast about three or four weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that sounds like something he would do. It sounds yep. like he's a chip off the old block. So he's absolutely stitched you up the first day at the club, basically. F- first day at the club. Um, they're all the same, the Brayshaws, aren't yeah. they? They're fucking funny priests. Good men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good men. Um, I haven't, I will say I haven't met Andrew or Angus, but Hamish is a good boy. Um, uh, were you a chance to get picked up off West Coast? Because, I mean, you get taken in the, almost before the draft, you're like a pre-selection. Yeah, like by it's a pre-selection. No. You're, a, you're a local boy. Yeah. Is that... Or, or anywhere else, or was it Fremantle? No, it was Carl- Carlton was the uh, the other one. It's because um, so I was already pre-selection for the Fremantle Dockers. My dad you were like zoned, yes, because played for East, it was East Fremantle, Claremont, South Fremantle, and uh, there was one other team. I just forget it off the top of my head right now. But they got the chance to pick those guys up for free ahead of the um, the national draft. And my dad and Jared Nation were first cousins. Huh. Anyway, we went and had a meeting with Jared. It was the first meeting we had. and First, he, first coach of the Fremantle Dockers. Yeah, Jared. sorry, first, first coach of the Fremantle Dockers. And then um, he said a few things that got my dad up and about a little bit. And, uh, in a good way? No, not in a good way. And oh. I can't remember exactly what it was. But anyway, put him offside a bit. So we ended up getting home. And Ken Judge, who would coached me at East Fremantle the year before, had moved to Carlton and joined the Blues. And then he got wind of there's a possibility of Sean or Henry not being – my dad is Henry – Henry not being happy with our meeting or whatever the case is. So they made a play at me, which meant that I had to be traded before the, you know, my, my pre-selection be traded to Carlton beforehand. Right. Um, uh, and the funny thing along with that is um, there was a guy, I think, his name, I think it was Cole Kinnear, who was at Carlton at the time. Anyway, he turned up to Metro's and bought me a few drinks because he knew I was fucking always out on Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> and another time they said, mate, and, and now the whole thing was, oh, imagine playing with Sticks Kernahan and all this shit. You have a beer with Sticks and they were selling it big time. So they were selling it with beers though. <laughs> oh, Basically, yeah, yeah, have yeah, a beer yeah. with Sticks oh, and here's yeah, a drink yeah. card at Metro. Imagine yeah. the beers. 100%. Yeah, that, that's when I ordered an illusion shaker and just went for top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> How old is Cole Kinnear? Is he some sort of, you know, is he Brock, Is he a 45-year-old bloke? Well, he would have been, yeah. Metro's he, Metro's, Metro's, yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> it was hilarious. And, and they were saying that, they were saying that if I – so this went on for a while. So they then they were saying if I was to stay out of footy for a year, then I could go to Carlton for free and that they would pay me to stay out of uh, footy for a year. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. But you and the old man said, no, that's not happening. Interesting. Yeah. You, interesting that your old man getting uh, rubbed up the wrong way impacted – like selection, it, it certainly did at the start. Yeah, it it's really crazy. did. I, I don't. I, I would love to remember exactly what was said that just put my dad off. Would it have been but about you? Like, would they have said, oh, no, "Too slow"? I, I don't know. Uh, or was it something? But it's possible. It's possibly. Yeah, possible. It could have been possible that that was the occurrence. But um, yeah, that kind of played out a little bit. And then my sister's best friend, um, Melanie, um, uh, uh, Magro, her name was, her dad. Was at Collingwood as an assistant coach, so then he ended up fucking coming over one weekend. So there's all this shit going on because my dad had a bad, oh, I don't know, bad fucking chat to Jared one particular day. Anyway, I ended up staying as I did, and um, yeah, certainly glad I didn't. Although Carlton won the flag that 1995 yep. year, and they picked up Scott Camparelli as their wingman, so I was, I was the wingman. Yeah, so they ended up picking up him, and you know he's a great star and have wow. been for 
uh, you know, 15 years of his career. Wow. Okay. So you get to Fremantle. Uh, you've got a rough relationship with Jared Neesham, apparently. Uh, <laughs> what's that like? Coming to a football club that does not it does not exist the year before. Like you yeah, guys, it's really weird. Like it's how many how many blokes are in that first first squad? I'm not going to say that yeah. word. I'm not going to say okay, you know, die word. word. Um, yeah. I think that there was probably around the 60 oh, wow. people mark who got invited because there was a heap of train-ons. Yes. So we came down the club the first time and everyone got a uh, tracksuit and T-shirt and all the rest of it, so heaps of purple and all that kind of stuff. And this is the best part about it because I'm a boy from Will. Well, any of us really, think about this, Dan. You, you love up to a professional outfit. Your parents have only scraped together money to buy you one pair of boots all your life. You probably had hand-me-downs the whole way through. Yes. And then we turn up there and the guy from Nike, which was, you know, John, Johnny's name was, but Johnny Nike was there. And you get to fucking pick a pair of boots. Not only you get moulded, you get a pair of screw-ins. Oh, you wow. could, yeah, it was crazy. And not only did I pick up a heap of boots that day and thought I'd won lotto, when we are about to walk out, Swan Brewery were the sponsors at the time. We love Shelter on this show, obviously. Yes, but oh, my man. So Sean's been doing <laughs> yes. media a long time. But um, <laughs> um, they were the sponsors at the time for the alcohol. So I walked out with a cart and a fucking um, Emu Export. <laughs> <laughs> I, drove, I drove home. I was living with my mates at that side. I said, have a fucking go at me. I'm killing it. A carton. <laughs> oh, you've got, you've got drink cards from Carlton. You've got yeah, a slab yeah. of beer from Freo. Oh, you're, oh. And you're happy. No it's worries. All, it's all on. Oh, that's how good's that. So. What is that like though? You got the purple tracksuits on, you've never been together, building that culture, building you know, you're trying to build a winning culture from scratch, from from like you said, your zoning players yeah. plus train ons. Is it pure West Australian or is there other states there? Like what's what's it like building the culture? Yeah, it was difficult, I think, at the start. So Ben Allen was our captain and um yep. he, he came from his Hawthorne background. Um Dan, he played in premierships and first and best player and all that kind of stuff. He set a really high standard. He was an absolute professional. And I, uh, that was probably the first look at what professional AFL football looks like. But then it was probably Jared as well, Jared Neesham and Neil Danaher who joined us straight off the bat. They were really trying to take us to that net, so next Neil, level Neil from Waffle there. players. I didn't know that. He was inaugural assistant coach. Did wow. not know that. Yeah, yeah. After the first game, he was blind getting off the plane. <laughs> Danner's good drink. <laughs> he was <laughs> blind. <laughs> He was so happy that the team performed particularly well the first game, but um, I still remember that. And I worked with Neil for ages uh, um, under him when we were doing heaps of video stuff because he was like this expert in the AFL when he came in um, with Essendon on um, you know cutting clips and you know um, looking through opposition tactics and the like. But yeah, so Neil, Neil was great. But anyway, Jared and that set it up. We all kind of had to go semi-professional at that period of time. But the one thing that we had going through. Will at the time more than anyone else is because Jared's mindset on how f- AFL footy should be played was ten years ahead of anyone else's. Ten years. Wow. It was enjoyable, and we had an understanding of a proper system and a game plan that is modern day football as we see it now. Really? Yeah, no doubt. But at the time, it doesn't work. Uh-huh. It was ridiculed. No, we, we, we consider we were a bunch, yeah. say Ben Allen, right? And then there was a couple of other guys who had played, you know, a handful of AFL games. But then we were a waffle team. Yes. So, you know, at that stage I might have got up to 70 kegs. So we were a waffle team. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> can you remember when you weighed that much? Oh, absolutely. I was 77 when I got drafted. But I'm, go. I've got about 20 centimetres on you. Yeah. I, couldn't do one, I couldn't do one chin-up. <laughs> I, I still remember the day. they got Mitch Brown, Eric McKenzie, these big guys at the same yeah. age as me. Yeah. Do a chin-up, boy. 
boys. And I was like, what, what's that? <laughs> really? What's that? They're d- Brownie's done 12, I don't know, body weight. Eric McKenzie's done 15. I could not do one. I jumped, I had to jump off the ground. That's how skinny I was. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. this is your show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Jared was ahead of his game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought the way he saw the, saw the game was absolutely outstanding. So the first year, I think we won eight games. We might have drawn one as well in there. But we started – So I reckon – if you think about the Gold Coast and GWS, uh, yep. Port Adelaide even, none of them won a fucking game, mate. No. Not one. We yep. won eight games of footy Impressive. and we played some, yeah, really exciting games. We got injuries and then it really fell away, obviously. Yes. But the following year, I think we won ten games and might have run one – or it might have been nine, and then the following year we won ten, and we missed out on the finals by a game. Wow! That following year, and we were decimated by injuries in the last game. I think we were playing maybe St Kilda or Carlton that year, which is third year, and um, decimated by injuries. And they were right down the bottom, and they beat us, and that probably cost Charity's job. But we played a very exciting game of football. Oh, actually, fun. Will think about how yeah. long ago since it was when you played AFL footy when it was actual fun yeah. playing a style of game. Yeah. yeah. What was it like that first win? Um, and also, I want to know about the team song because, like, when 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 players join teams that maybe they weren't a fan of, they know the song just because you know you hear it around the thing. But yeah. the Fremantle theme song would have been brand new. So, is yeah. there like someone holding up lyrics and stuff? Or I think the, I think the piece of paper went around down in the <laughs> early days because we got ahead of ourselves before round one against <laughs> Richmond. But um, so people had to learn it then because you had to hear it over and over. Like it's the same. It wasn't an. It's the it's same new, as it is no, now. It's not a new song. Oh. They, there has been a push to change the song, and I think um, didn't they come up with it on the Footy yeah. Show or something? Or was that the Giants? I feel like oh, it I, was think the Giant, I like the Giants song. Yeah, like Giant it's one song. of the better ones. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I don't, I don't hate the Fremantle song, Charlie. I mean, I don't hear. Oh, I haven't heard it enough in the past. But, but there has been some changes to it over the years. Okay, it used to just be the free or way to go. Uh, I can't. No, and then Good. it's a bit more rocky now. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. They chucked yeah. a rock into yeah. it. I agree with you there. No, no. Yeah. Well, well, if, well, if Fremantle yeah. could learn anything from West Coast, it's don't. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't, no. don't change your song. Don't go and employ a rock band, <laughs> yeah. Birds of Tokyo. Yeah. We love Birds of Tokyo, but yeah, West not Australian. Sure, we'll I'm, go with them. I'm not sure what we've done over at West Coast. I'm not quite sure what we've done with the theme song <laughs> because we had to go through the same thing, uh, learning the, the the theme song because they brought in this war cry in 20. That's right. It must have been 20, nah, 20, no, we weren't doing that in the prim, no, absolutely not, even (laughs) if it was, it was like 19 or 20, Yeah. and they, and we had, we all had cards, like the game, we had like cards on our hand, with arms (laughs) around, because there was this, they do like a war cry at the start, yeah, 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 Um, yep. Born is pride yep. from isolation. It's the worst ever. It's, it still is the worst <laughs> ever. I will say it is the worst ever. It's shocking. Um, anyway, anyway, back to you. So, 95, yeah. talking about you know, your first win. Um, what was that first win like? And then your first derby. Because well, I was talking um, a, yeah. a bit about that. But. Yeah, so I missed the first win, which is against Essendon. We played at the Wacker. Yep. And the crowd was going mental. And it was a Friday night game of footy. We played, because um, we were playing at the Wacker early days. It was They were night games. Was that your home ground? Yeah, it was seen as our home ground to st- the ground to start things off and um, because they're night games everyone gets full of piss they had the best fucking time and yes. if you've ever full played strength Wacker, beers as well, oh, probably. full strength for yeah. sure we'll be drinking shelters to our eyes fucking collapse <laughs> <laughs> we um, they they um, yeah everyone, so everyone gets stuck into it and the Wackers are really fast track and it suited our style of uh, footy as well so that was the first one my first game though w- wasn't a win which is only a couple of games later and that was against the Western Bulldogs in 1995 in round 5 um, 
We went down. Ben Allen had a shot after the siren from about 70 metres out. And it was a fucking tough kick. It was a real tough kick. <laughs> 70 out. Yeah, no, yeah. I reckon he was a good... Yeah, it was a Malcolm Blight special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a Malcolm Blight special. And it got to the goal square and we just went down. But, um, yeah, that was a great time, uh, my first game. I remember every second it was mint. So what about your first derby? I, I, I yeah. wrote an article and, and texted you a little bit about it earlier in the year. But that must have been a big moment. Yeah, given you know West Australian footy, you're a West Australian. Yeah. You've grown up watching West Coast play, and then you're standing national anthem looking at them. Yeah, it was amazing because of the game before that we played Sydney, and I played a okay game, but I thought I might have been a chance to be dropped oh, because wow. it was such a big game. And whether they brought in some more experienced players, not that we had a great deal. Say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the, the build up to that game was fucking huge, mate. So it's on every. You know, a bit of paper uh, that you could see around the state, and everyone got involved. And then we stand out in the field, and the, if you ever, there's uh, great photos of the two teams standing there. And if you look at the docker side of the field, the body composition of the guys, it was just hilarious because you can actually see Waffle Guy, uh, probably under 18s team almost, standing next to a bunch of professionals, which is the West Coast Eagles it champions. Just, just won the flag. Yeah. Just won the flag. So they were big and strong and all that kind of stuff. And they really wanted to show, um, who was the number one side. But anyway, we're standing there, National Anthem, was full on playing. I'm standing next to Spider Burton in the photos. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate, it's hilarious. He's skinny and tall and I'm skinny and short. And, um, yeah, it was a really interesting um, position to stand in. But came I came on in the second quarter. We'll get him beaten quite convincingly. I think I came on the wing. My first bit of play, I tackled John Worsfold near the boundary line. He should have got a free kick. Anyway, he said, you fucking touch me again. I'm going to rip your arms off and stick them up your ass." <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you. You know, I'm going off. Oh, you went him. back at him? Yeah, yeah. I remember telling my dad after the game, he said, you should have challenged him to a fight and you fucking knocked his head off. And he, you know, in my mind, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hard as, even though John's the, one of the greatest hard man of all time. <laughs> would have been hard to fight him without any arms though, wouldn't it? Oh, exactly. Oh, he would have torn me apart, mate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so that was the start of my game and he terrorised Winston Abraham that game played on Winston and pinched him and head oh, he, he, he did all kinds of stuff to him Would yeah just uh, really stuffed Winston up that whole game terrorised him but um, it was huge Brett Hetty had a massive game I yeah. don't remember if uh, you guys oh, you, you won't remember was anything physical yeah 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 they were really physical and hats off to them because they were just bigger and stronger and they came in absolutely firing so John was throwing his weight around big time uh, Blue McKenna on the half-back line. Um, obviously, Summer and that were up the front end. I think I ran on to Craig Turley to start with, and then Turles. I ended up on Peter Matera. So, yeah. Welcome really to the good. AFL, basically. Yeah. yeah. I'm standing next to him, and, um, you know, uh, every girl had a poster of Craig Turley on their uh, on their <laughs> wall. He, he was the hearthrob of hearthrobs. Well, that's – I mean, wasn't that wasn't that Sean McManus? Look, I don't know. Yeah. But wasn't that what Sean McManus was? More turned into? Or? Oh, that's what I became, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Still am. Yeah. Still am oh, sorry, day. yeah. Sorry, not Past tense. Yeah, sorry, Sean. Uh, so, okay, so uh, you must have had a good year that first year, though. You played State of Origin in 95. Yeah, Is I that did. right? Yeah, played State of Origin, yeah. I, I had a really good year. I played some really good games in the end. Uh, and it was enjoy- enjoyable. Yeah, it was really enjoyable, Will. Um, the whole the whole thing being involved in the State of Origin, getting selected, um, was a real feather in my cap. But I, I was saying to guys recently that, you know, when I turned up and we had a couple of training runs, but in particular one on a Friday that was at Subiaco Oval and everyone was asking me, what am I doing after the 
after the um, training session and I was thinking, oh, you know, go home and, you know, sit tight and it's a whole weekend. We got two more sleeps and then I'm playing this massive game. But the players that I was playing with, they are all going out of the piss. They were going to Northbridge and just going out of the piss. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, mate. This is, uh, this is probably why State of Origin died because they never took it that seriously. And then Who did you play? Did you play all states or did you play? Yeah, we, play, we actually played that particular game we had to play. Um, well, they, they were called the All-Stars because we had to play Queensland, New South Wales, like, you know, Tassie, Northern Tassie, Tassie yeah. all, all combined. So big Matty Richardson, I remember him being oh. in the team. Nathan Buckley, I think I started on him in the guts or something the along those lines. So. Bucks, Queensland? He played at Brisbane so, to start with. Yeah, so, so yeah. Maybe? Yeah, I think to start then, with. He and was then Richo's a Tassie boy. Yep. So the All-Stars. Yeah, that a horrible jumper. But again, that, I think maybe <laughs> you were talking to me off air before about Billy Brownless. For some reason, I feel like Billy yeah, Brownless was in the Wales. team. He's there we go. New South Wales. Billy. Yeah. So they went into Northbridge as well. They got blind the night before, a couple <laughs> of nights good. before. State of origin. It's like on the field. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. It's like when it gets, when it's hit yeah. Northbridge, then we're, <laughs> we're on. State of origin. We're on. Do, yeah, do you think it needs to make a comeback, State of origin? Oh, yeah, yeah, now I'm all about it. I think we're, we've, so we've got the rugby coming up, which is going to be huge yeah. over here. And when we see it, even, you know, how big it is with New South Wales and Queensland, people all over Australia watching it, it's not just those two states because yes. they can see how intense and the rivalries there. The only issue would be how do you mix the, the three main states, South Australia, Victoria and obviously WA, how do you get that format going between them? Because then you're going to have, um, you know, everyone else put up their hand and they want to be part of whether you're from Tassie, yes. Northern Territory or whatever. I don't know how you're going to run I mean, the rest do you of build that a, shit. Do you just build an allies team? I, I actually built them about a month ago just for mid-season. Just, I was, and w- I thought West Australian was close to the strongest team. Victoria's got a very good midfield and yep. good forward line. But the allies team was pretty good. Yeah. Like it was pretty good. South Australia was actually the, the weakest out of, out of the lot right now. For, yeah, if right. played right now. So I, I've said I reckon they need to move the finals by from before finals because that doesn't advantage – since we brought that in, that's not doing the right thing like they want it to do. Move it to a grand final buy like we had last year. Yeah. So put it the, after the prelim, between yep. the prelim and the GF, and play it there. And then the two two teams that are playing the grand final, obviously their players can't play, and then everyone else can play. It would just yeah, disrupt. I get the, that. It would disrupt a few footy trips. There'd be a few blo- blokes in Bali, I reckon. Oh <laughs> yeah, Jordan to go himself. Oh gosh. <laughs> Fly in, fly out. Um, okay, so 95, uh, first derby. Uh, fast forward a little bit. You do your knee in 97. Yep. And then you then you rehab that, and then you do it again in 98. Yeah, against Port Adelaide, that one was, that was at Footy Park. And, um, yeah, I was leading for a kick by uh, Chucky Norrish, um, Jason you, you Norrish. You did your first one in a derby. I got yeah, a, it was a derby. I went through your whole career. You've had some big derby. You're the king of derbies. Yeah. And good <laughs> and bad. Derby, yeah. Like, so you did... Did your ACL 97 in a derby and then your yeah. second one at Adelaide? Yeah, so the first one I was trying to get Jason Ball because I hated Jason Ball. I still don't <laughs> know to this day. I've had a few beers with Jason Ball and he's a good guy and that was in Rotto recently. But I hated him for some reason. I fucking just thought, I don't know, he's a fuck. I don't know, he's a pretty boy, fucking schoolboy cunt and I was going to say that. <laughs> You can say it okay. Anyway, I was, oh, for some reason, I'm th- and then in hindsight, what was I thinking? Like he's a big guy, and I'm a little guy. Anyway, when he got the ball in the back pocket, and it was to it was the Subiaco end of the ground, and I just come pouring in at him, and then he steps one way, and I step the other, uh, and my knee just gave through, Went well. gave gave way, and then uh, you know down in the change rooms and got told that I told the physio at the time, Loopy Lowther, that my kneecap had dislocated, and that. Bit of self-diagnosis. That, yeah. <laughs> so he gave put a tape on, a bit of a tape on, no. and then I went back out and no. then I couldn't move. Our doctor, he gave it the test, which 
I know I think a lot of people have been through and um uh, so he said, strapped, they've, stra- they've strapped you up and chucked you back out. Yeah, there a bit of fix the mole and a bit of fucking bag <laughs> on, tape on the side. You know, pull the kneecap over to the side. Well, you would have been through that oh, at some oh stage, my no gosh. doubt. Wow. Well, gosh. Yeah. Surely the moment you step sideways, it would have just. Oh yeah. But once the, I got out in the, on the field and got to the dugout, my um, the doctor was like, "Man, no, nah, this is unsafe. We'll go. We're going <laughs> back in." And and then he said, "I think you've, you, I think you've done your ACL." So. Oh. Um, yeah, I was so upset after that. You know, yeah. your whole your whole life just flashes before you. And and for me, I was kind of thinking that I was honestly in my mind. You think I've had a few good years to start the AFL, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm just going to fucking dominate and probably win. I've said this before. I'll play with the Brownlow this year. That's how good I am. And um, perfect state of origin for the third year in a row. You know all this shit. Yeah, I've got it all happening. And yeah, it really devastated me. It really did. Yep. And was that difficult uh, to get through two years of? Rehab? Because you're not playing footy. Like yeah. You came back and played a few games, but you're effectively missing out of the game for two years. Yeah, the hardest part was um, it meant that I could go to Metro's on Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. And when you do that for two years straight, <laughs> it fucking hurts you, mate. i tell you what, it catches up to you. So everyone goes, geez, you put on some weight in the gym and that. And I said, that's because I'm drinking piss all the time. <laughs> Mate, you're lucky the uh, inaugural Fremantle member, inaugural Metro's Freo, plaque <laughs> <laughs> oh, on yeah. the wall up there. Oh, mate, they let us in and they get us drink cards all the time. And God, we used to go absolutely spare there. Yeah. If the uh, the phones and social media were around, it'd be an, an interesting time, I'd say. Yeah, I remember the first time there was people got um, videos on their phone, and and this is so clear at the end. And I and I, it must have been early two thousands when our CEO Steve Rossich came to us after the last game of the season. He said, "You guys aren't allowed to start." Mad Monday on um, any time before 10 o'clock. And we're like, fucking what? Because we normally start at 7. Yes. And um, he's going, no, it's too much happening now on social media. And Channel 7 want to pay for, um, they want us to pay for anyone who can film. People have got fucking, you can film on phones now, guys, you know, all this shit. And I'm just I'm just sitting in the corner at, next to Belly because he was the captain. And I'm fuming, mate. I'm just thinking, <laughs> they have changing Three hours of drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the other thing we couldn't do was have a skimpy service drinks at any stage. <laughs> Oh, like, this this has gone too far. This is taking it if too I far. Can't start Steve. at seven a.m. with a topless waitress. Exactly. Then I'm not. I'm. I've had enough. Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised he didn't retire right there and then. Oh, I felt like it. I really did. And then um, I tell you what, he was on the money because that's what I mean. That's what the world is these days. Thank God we weren't a part of um, those um, video phones. Hey, yeah, Will, correct, Jordan Degoe. Yeah, well, I was. Don't look <laughs> me. No, I was a very, very well behaved young man. Of course you were. Yeah, absolutely. Just. Turn the phones off, please. Uh, okay, so 97, 98, difficult part in your career, but you come back in 99 and you win your first derby. Yeah. Um, we had lost 10 in a row. Is it more than 10 in a row? Do you know I that? Think it, I think it was derby 10 Charlie? that he won. Yeah. yeah. How many have they lost? Oh. Yeah, he's right. It was derby 10. It was <laughs> derby 10. Okay, yeah. So um, we came on. I had this knee brace on. It was like a half a mattress on that um, <laughs> knee brace. Yes. And I had the hair in the ponytail, which is a – fuck, it was a brave move. Look. I, I remember it was a brave move. That. Yeah, we got off to a really good start and we are really keen to uh, just get off to a really good start. The weather was a bit overcast at that stage. I think Tony Modra, we, though, we had in our forward line that day and also um, the mercurial Clive Waterhouse. Oh, mate, you've just mentioned a couple of names that we would like to see on this podcast. Godra. Uh, Sam Butler used to be a part of this. He's a South yep. Australian. Yep. So he grew up watching Godra. Yep. And Clive, yep. similar to you, 
Cold Heroes yeah. of Fremantle. Yeah. So they're both in the team. Very good. Yeah, so we had a bit of uh, firepower up forward. Brad Weirer, Spewy Weirer, he played in the forward line as a defensive forward, which hadn't been seen for a long time wow. on um, Weirer. Because Weirer was a – Dave Weirer Punda was a rebounding um, backman, as we know, and yep. he would just control it all the time with his beautiful kicking. And Spewy ended up kicking three goals on Weirer and fucking um, – Modra kicked this goal out of the boundary line. Then he was, he was carving up um, – uh, Millie McIntosh at the time because Millie was uh, his knees um, weren't going too too great at that point in time. So a couple of knee braces out there. And and the one thing was that um, yeah, Clive was the one. He kicked seven snaggers in that game. He went absolutely wow. ballistic. Yeah, was the Modra one where he's like bashing? The yeah, ground? that's the one, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a good goal. Yeah, that was a right great goal boundary. from the boundary Dan, line. So, Dan's so, a very big West Coast fan, so the reason he remembers it, that is a heartbreaking <laughs> moment. Yeah. yeah. Mate, after that, so everyone poured into the left bank, and I'm telling you, it was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> mental. Like, you would have thought, I don't know, not that only that Pre- we won the flag, but we won some, yeah, like some kind of world title. Yeah. <laughs> was it was it amazing? It was mayhem, yeah. Oh. Mayhem, absolutely mayhem. It, w- it would have, like, you would have been the kings. The Kings. I'm pretty sure I was able to get behind the bar and pour my own drink. I'm not joking. That's so good. That is so good. Okay, so you win your first derby. We got that uh, monkey off the back a little bit. Then your captain, your co-captain, 2000, 2001, leading a team. You've only been there six years. You haven't played for two years. Yeah. Says a bit about you as as a leader and as a team man. Yeah, I uh, I put a lot of work into the footy club. It meant a lot to me, and and still it still does because you know I guess um you've heard it a hundred times before, but um, the most the, the people with the most invested have the most to lose, and I felt that I had a shitload invested in this footy club, and um, you know obviously injuries and all, all those kind of setbacks, but it just makes you hungry to make this club. The team that I was playing for successful, so I was ripped. I, I tore preseasons apart. Like I could go, I, I don't think I could go any harder, but. I was trying to lead the way in that period of time and I was able to um, join Fletch as the co-captain that year, Adrian Fletcher. But I did make a few mistakes, Will. I reckon the thing that I did that I could have been better about, um, and it's a positive and negative. So the positive was I was always making sure everyone around me was okay and I reckon that distracted me from playing my best footy for a couple of years. Yes. So guys who weren't getting games, Damien Drum was our coach at the time. He would pretty much, like, if you're not playing for the Fremantle team, then, you know, you're a shit kicker and you don't get a word. No, no one speaks to you. Even um, in the hallways, just walk past you. Just yeah, and I felt that way all the time with those guys. So, you know, I would sit down and watch film with whoever it was and watch their games and have a look at their reports and talk to whoever it was once again about their games and, and try to be invested because I wanted to make sure I was a leader in that way that I showed that I cared. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that I shouldn't have cared as much, but I reckon I sometimes um, thought I was trying to cover for the lack of leadership from our coach and, and do it that way than performing myself huh. on, on the field. And I reckon I dropped away at times for sure. Yeah, right. yeah. That's interesting reflections. Yeah, I reckon I could have been better. And Some, it's and sometimes you – yeah, it's not sometimes. Leadership is about performing on the fucking field as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But when a away. team's not going well, like you, f- you felt the, the pre- you know, the pressure. The, you had it on your back basically, right, as a captain? Yeah, but – And you wanted to but, make everyone better. But I could, have, I could have gone, okay, well, I need to make sure that I'm yes. performing That's as well as I can. But um, I, I probably was more so um, throwing uh, time into making sure everyone felt that – you know, that felt a million dollars, and that's not how footy clubs operate. So it's, it's, yeah, as as captain, then in two thousand, we had Andrew Embley on last week. Yep, you mentioned your name. Two thousand is demolition derby. Um, 
having played under quite a few captains, usually when things like that happen or a team comes out quite physical, it's either the coach or the captain that drives it. It's not, yep. it's not the shit kickers down the bat like me going, let's, <laughs> let's fight them. It's, it's driven by leadership. So yeah. what are your reflections? Did, did you have much to do with driving that or did that just start? Ember said you might have some decent reflections on the day. Yeah, yeah, I do. So what happened in the lead-up to it, I did a press conference. I'd like to say I have not seen it, um, in, in, you know, I don't know how many years ago. That was a long fucking time. But anyway, I did a press conference and through – conversations with the coaches at the time we're going to come out and be as physical as fuck so i uh, made a point of referencing this is going to be the hardest game we're going to draw, draw a line in the sand really? it's going to be physical it's going to be all that shit so then we had conversations obviously leading up to the game that um there are no rules yeah if you get involved in a fight or if it just happens to come about there's going to be no rules here and you can just go for your life right doesn't matter but damien drum deny this oh yeah absolutely Absolutely. I think that they had – I think the club had a thing that was saying whether this is – they definitely Say gave you an idea that if you were fined that there was going to be a coterie group would help us out with the payment to the AFL. Right. Did yeah. that happen? No, of course not, mate. I've got to fucking find a shitload. <laughs> not one cent. Not em- one cent. Embers, Embers maintains he was the only bloke in the entire – Demolition Derby that challenged his fine <laughs> and he got, got off. He oh, wanted, he got off, oh, yes. He, he wanted to go to the footy trip. Yes, he wanted to go to the footy trip. He was a young boy. 2,000 bucks for Bali. Yeah. So he challenged it, got his 2,000 bucks back and then got to spend it on the bar at Bali. Oh, so much, my, my fine was four and, and a half grand. I was, I was the highest one because I'd been done for Malays in the past. So you got, you know, you got a right. thing. Bad record. I'd, you had a rap Yeah, I'd, I'd, I've never hit any, well, never got suspended ever, but a few Malays along the way. But anyway, we get, so we start that game. And obviously people see the highlight. Oh, before we go out in the ground, you know, Damien Drone's speaking to me and Fletch and he's going, you know, make sure if any of the young guys get in, you're fucking in there flying the flag. Um, just fucking make sure it's super physical and, you know, smash in as hard as you can with that. I remember this so clearly. Heath Black, and he's only a young guy at the time. He comes in, he goes, excuse me, Drummy. He goes, yeah. I was just going to let you know I'm going to smack um, Phil Matera. <laughs> I've, never, I've told this to Phil. He's a good bloke. I love Phil, actually. I love him. <laughs> Just going to let you know. Yeah, just going to let you know. And anyway, in the first qu- – I think it was the first quarter, Heath Black did his groin and never played after that. And he f- – and and Phil Matera was going to wear one right in the, f- in the Chevy Chase. Wow. He would have been belted. Wow. Absolutely. But the game starts where you see that um, Mickey Gardner and Pav dancing uh, in the, the goal jabs. square together. The jabs, yeah. That was hilarious. And then it gets involved later on. Pav didn't quite know what he was doing. No, nah, no. Nah, no, nah, that was hilarious, wasn't it? <laughs> Just trying to fucking swat his hands <laughs> off. and would be scary because yeah. Ember spoke about it like it wasn't like a footy game. It was like a straight fight. It was. Yeah. yeah. It was. So then we had, uh, yeah, we had a big melee and um, that started and everyone just piled in, absolutely piled in. Because you bikes had no rules. Yeah, we, had, we were allowed to get involved and that was just a perfect opportunity to um, jump in. And Phil Reed was seemed to be the guy that everyone was picking on. Right. Go, fuck this, we're getting to Phil Reed here. And um, Why Phil Reed? <laughs> I don't know. He, he seemed to piss everybody off. And I'm an instrumental boy and so was he. But he was the first guy I got into a headlock and on, on the ground. And then later on, Dale Kiggett belted him a few times. And then Brad Dodd punched him in the head and got two weeks for that as well. Obviously, Dale got seven or nine weeks or something along those lines. It was pretty hectic. And then we all had to front the tribunal the next day. The game was a fucking beauty because what happened is the Eagles at halftime or in the third quarter were up by 36 points, I reckon, six goals. And then we came back. We got a couple of bits of momentum going our way. And then Troy Cook ran through Mitchell White like you've never seen. You've got to see the replay of this thing. He fucking killed him. It was unbelievable. 
Troy Cook was hard, you know, he was hard as his table, hard as the, hard as the walls, and the ball was between Mitchell White coming out from the back line, deep in the um, Subiaco end of Subiaco Oval, and the ball just went over Cookie's head, and so Troy Cook's running, and Mitchell White's running, and you can see one person's running harder than the other, and Troy just cannons into him and just fucking flattens him, gets the ball, handballs at someone, and we kick a goal to bring it within three goals, and then the, the whole joint, the roof's just coming off the joint. Yes. We are just up and about. So it's a free home game. Kept coming. Free home game? Yep, I'm pretty sure it was a free home game. Kept fight, kept wrestling people, kept fighting, um, and uh, got to the last bit, and um, yeah, there was a... Oh, there must have been under a minute to go, and we had a boundary throw in at West Coast End in the Perth City End, which was where your old change rooms used to run out of, Will. Yep. There was a boundary throw in there, and I remember standing next to Benny Cousins, and I was going, fuck, hell, but, uh, this game's been unbelievable, and, he, and he's smiling his head you off. Talk, you talk I'm talking to him, because it's just, you know, it's just <laughs> fucking, it's just been a mental game, and, and, it's, and we're one point in front. And sure enough, within, I don't know, 20 seconds or so, I think we got a second ball up in that area and um, the siren went and we all went bananas. Yeah, so there, so cool. Were you giving words after the siren to the to West yeah, Coast boys? That's a good no, we question. weren't. Like, like, like I said, just getting to that point of the game, um, you know, seconds out from the from the end, I don't know how long to go, and I'm talking to Ben in a positive way because it was just funny. Like, it, in reflection, it was a fucking mad game. Yeah. It was an absolute corker. So there was no hard feelings after that, or was it? I don't think so. No, <laughs> not, I don't think not, so. Not from the free own. We won. Who gives a shit? It was. It was funny though when we turned up to the um, tribunal on the Monday or Tuesday, whenever it was. So you, you just go into the city and they do that um, video link call and all the rest of it. Anyway, so we're all in there. Heaps of people from LA's and whatever. Dale Kiggett's in there for striking. Brad Dodd's in there for striking. All on Phil Reed. Phil Reed walks in. He's got two black eyes. Oh. It looked. He'd been he'd been Massacre. smashed. Yeah, poor fella. Do you remember the following derby after that? Was there like a feeling repercussion. like repercussion? Yeah, we're, we're going to cop yeah. it. Like we no, nah, there wasn't any there wasn't any repercussions at that stage. To be honest, there was a period not long after that. Physically, we thought we had it over um, the Eagles. So the Eagles had a star-studded midfield for a, a great period with Daniel and um, Juddy and Ben um, Braun. Embers was obviously a great. Fucking star player for them, so that was an unreal midfield. But we had some real, um, I guess, blue collar. Josh Carr, Matthew Carr, and they want to fight everyone, obviously, all the yes. time. Cookie's hard as fuck. You know, Belly's our captain in there. Um, I'm playing on the wing and stuff like that. But we um, we had a really good period against them because we believed, um, whilst that they were a talent, much ta- more talented bunch, that we would be able to scrap them to death. You know, when we walk out there, Matthew Carr playing on Ben Carson, he's like, "Fuck this cunt!" You get walk past him, knee him in the leg. You know, there's all this. Yeah, the boy, those boys, the Carr brothers in particular, were really hard out. So was Heath Black, and and uh, they loved to walk out in those games. And you know, um, I remember when Ben first got his tattoo, such as life on his chest, and the boys found out at this before. No one knew about this in the public, and and we're doing the warm up and call a couple of us in and goes, if um. It's, it's, as soon as we get the opportunity and we get to tackle Ben Cousins, just fucking rip his shirt off. And we go, what? He's got a fucking tattoo. He thinks he's a fucking bikey. Let's just get him to the ground, rip his fucking shirt off. And, and that has happened time after time in the first half. Everyone's just fucking wrenching out his jumper up, <laughs> T-shirt, so you can see his tattoo and were they just launching it? into were they it. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. They, they were using all, all, all the uh, – everything you do to make sure we got under his skin. But, yeah, Dan, that was – um. That was a pretty good period anyway through that part. It was very good. Um, you want to ask the uh, mascot question? I'm interested in this. Yeah, I was just doing some reading. Um, in two, 2000, the Dockers brought out the Dock, and uh, apparently it was based on your image. Did you have anything to do with that? I should be paid. 
Don't you reckon? I've seen well, everyone's it. saying it's cross between me and Clive Waterhouse, so yeah. it's, it's your pick. Who but was um, it? Was it you, wasn't it? Well, I did have a run-in with Mrs. Doc at Metro's one night, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, Who's Mrs. Like, Doc? <laughs> well, that's how Mr. Doc came about. Mr. Doc came about, obviously. <laughs> Dan, come on, you got to pick up on these things. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Sounds like you spent half your time at the Frio Dockers and half your time at <laughs> Metro's. <laughs> Told you I was injured. You're an entrance in the other back. Uh, oh, yeah, no, that... that um, yeah, that that's always interesting, and um, people to this day uh, rather reflect on me and Clive um, being a love child. Uh, that's our love child, but uh, yeah, it's nice if that's a reflection. Um, yeah, that's great. Can I go back though to if yes. we can, have we talked? We're going to talk about any more derbies. I'm just going to bring up one. Bring it up when we play this we've got, international we've got rules game. Great. Yep, that's where we're going. Okay, so take throw us a us question at us. No, no tell us about tell the us international about. rules game. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Is that part around it, yeah, eh? Hey? Yeah, no, it's good. Tell us. Uh, so we all f- we we fly over there, and the West Coast Eagles came off the back of the flag that year. Yep. And we got rolled in the prelim against Sydney, and that really fucked us because West Coast had lost the prelim, no, their first final against Sydney the by yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have come through West Coast, who'd beaten twice that year. Wow. Instead, we go through Sydney because they had won, and they were a really structured team. We were free flowing, and now I, I believe that was the only team who could beat us with Sydney. Anyway, they did. So we end up. Uh, West Coast obviously wins that grand final, um, great grand final, and then they come over to London, and then we're playing them in this um, this game at um, the Oval. Yeah, and we had played Collingwood a couple of years before, and they had fourteen thousand people there, which is a record. It's just a cricket game; they don't have big stadiums around, but they put in new seating to make it to seventeen thousand people, which was sold out in a flash. Wow. And you get to the ground and everyone's on the pierce. Everyone's just for cancer fosters. They're going hard. Yeah. All the Aussies there to watch this game. And everyone, us and the Eagles guys, had nights before we had um, events at like Australia House where they put on, you know, uh, fucking meat pies and just and, and just as much as you can drink. Right. So we had a great time. It's, it's like a footy trip over there and you, yeah. play a game, you happen to be playing a game of football. Yeah. You're not only going to play a game of football. Nah, but when you run out on the ground, you are after you've run around and warmed up five minutes, how dry do you think you are? Parched. Like, Parched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty full on. So anyway, we our coaching – so the two coaching boxes were next to each other. Um, John Worswold wasn't coaching that day. He was like sitting in the background or in the stands. Our coach, Chris Conley, wasn't coaching either. Um, Kelly O'Donnell was the name of the assistant who was coaching us. Anyway, we're just going to go out and have fun and, and – you know, have a good old day and knowing that at some stage the crowd will get involved, they'll jump the fence and, you know, just be absolute anarchy and the game will be called off and we can all go and have another beer again. But so during this... Sorry, just before sorry. that, you, you guys are just like mingling as mates out at pubs and stuff or yeah, is it we saw, still the two teams are separated? No, Dan, we actually saw each other out a fair bit. Yeah, a fair bit. Right. We, we were quite separated in um, doing our own stuff at a, at a pub, but we did see each other out and there was no hard feelings. Yeah. There was definitely no hard feelings. Until we played the game. And then in the second quarter, Ryan Crowley ran through someone. Matt Rosa. It was Matt Rosa. Yeah. And Crowley, um, he was never a dirty player, although he's the, known as the best fucking tagger in the league for a long time. Yeah. He wasn't one that punched people in the head and stuff. He, didn't, he might have been pinchy or whatever the case is. And I hadn't seen him lay a, a shirt front on anyone ever. And we were just near the play. And I remember I was next to Drew Banfield and the ball bounced you know, past me and Drew probably, and Matt Rosa must have been gone for the ball, and Ryan Crowley ran through him, and all it was just like, and and, and I didn't see him, and he, and Matt Rosa just on the ground. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> well, I didn't even know what happened, and Crowley had run through him, 
And it was the cleanest um, hip and shoulder of all time. <laughs> so anyway, Matt Rosa gets taken off and then um, Wusher storms into our coaches. Like, what the fuck's going on here? This is supposed to be a friendly, blah, blah, blah. You guys are taking it too full on. Wasn't he, trying to, he was trying to fight? Wasn't he trying to fight Conley? Was, or? Yeah, he was trying to fight um, our assistant coach, Chris, uh, uh, Cal, um, Kelly O'Donnell at the time. And so then they all got in a bit of a Barney without throwing punches at each other. So then Wusher and the team go back to their... Coach's box, and then they Chicky's not playing right, so Chicky was a hard guy in their team. So Chicky, they're like, "Fuck Daniel, get out there and start fucking knocking over a couple of these fuckers." So then we're like, "Sit out the hit man, yeah, sit out the bloke with fucking what are, fucking nine fingers or whatever." <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's how hard Chicky is. He got he got offered have surgery on your finger, stop playing, or chop your finger off, and you can keep playing. Chop it off. Let's yeah, go. that's right. Yeah. So then, um, and then. Troy Cook was on the bench for us, and he goes, "Well, fuck, I'll come, I'll come on there because Cookie's known Chicky all his life from the Geraldton days and all that kind of stuff." Yeah. And and I played junior footy with Chicky. He was never a hard guy. He was a good footy player. Yeah. So we kind of had an insight to that. Anyway, Cookie was like, "You go anywhere near them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking wrestle you to the ground." So we end up being Chicky and they're, they're good friends wrestling each other and. Fucking everyone's trying to get um, get hold of Krause when they kill it and fight him. And <laughs> on in the meantime, the game's going. It turned into a bloody ripper. The crowd's going mental because they're seeing all kinds of shit. Jeff yeah. Farmer's kicking goals out of his ass, like full on goals out of his ass. Yes. So then it gets to the last quarter, and um, uh, I, I get everyone in for a speech. I said, "Mate, we're in front. We only have to hang on for five minutes. People will start jumping the fence. The game will be called off. The the crowd controllers can't." deal with the crowd oh, no, I've seen this before no problem what? we just have to last five minutes that's all anyway <laughs> the crowd controllers did hold everybody back and the game went for another 20 minutes everyone was fucked out in their feet <laughs> they couldn't run another metre <laughs> we hung on at just one following the game we all get to go on our um, bus and Ed, is it? Did Zemblis tell yeah, us you uh, got on the you bus? Just, you just keep telling yours. Yeah. I'll tell. Yeah. He, oh, okay. He's told this story, so I want to hear you. Because yours of now. the Crowley situation and the fights on the field, oh, Embers is sitting on the um, uh, sideline. He didn't have to play with a number of other guys. I think I saw Ben before the game, and yep. he was cooked. Ben had not probably slept for seven days. That's correct. And he, I saw him before the game, and he was absolutely cooked. Anyway, all those boys would join the um, hospitality and then got fired up because their team, you know, Teammates were in fights and stuff. And then Embers jumps on the bus and he's, he, he's on to have a go with fucking uh, Krause. Wants to get him off the bus. On your bus. On our bus. He fucking forgets that Anthony Grover's there. He was sitting in and Groves gets up. Anyway, Embers luckily left the bus. And uh, big Anthony Grover, who uh, had a relationship with Embers because of his uh, Mrs. Rain and um, Groves' girlfriends and friends. And... Uh, and, and Look, mate, you don't want to be fighting Anthony Grover or piss him off anytime soon because, uh, mate, Oopie he's man. got – and he's got hands of concrete and he can properly box. <laughs> and he's 100 kilos, mate. So I'm glad for Ember's sake that he ended up getting off that boss or getting away because – Groves dragged him off or something. Yeah, Ember said yeah, Groves literally okay. dragged him off and yeah. said, listen here, mate, yeah. you're not going to be doing 25 this. 25 v. 1. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. It was really funny, but I'm glad uh, Embers jumped on there just for a bit of shenanigans. Because you don't see that. Ne- it's never reported. That game wasn't shown on TV. It was a fucking doozy. Oh, it was an absolute doozy. Just like imagine, imagine the actual footage of it and commentary. We've had, we've had stories a few, from a few people. So Sam Butler was there. Yeah. He spoke about the boys not playing. So Embers spoke about it last week. They were up in a corporate box. They were in like the richest Bondies. bloke in London. Hey? They were yeah. in Bond's box. box, right? And so they were Unreal. like And at some stage, Sam Butler's told the story that – after the game, all the crowd's on the ground and there's kick to kick everywhere. Yeah, and it was. Embers somehow made his way out there and was kicking balls in the air and then shirt fronting 
<laughs> random, <laughs> random people. He's out in the middle of the ground just fighting people. Because he was. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what happens. You get fired up because that's your team playing, Will. <laughs> yeah. Two years before, we were playing. Um, we played Collingwood at the Oval, and I wasn't playing. A couple of other guys, and so we were in the cricketers' change rooms where Shane Warne was on the you know the balcony with the with the stump that day. You know, have you seen that highlight yes. oh, of yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Anyway, we're there, and the game was about to start, and then we didn't know if we could have a beer or not. And then one of the directors that we were with, he said, "Oh, come here. Do you want guys want to have a beer?" And I was like, "Fucking oath!" So they pulled out these. Uh, I don't drink VB at all because I normally drink Shelter IPAs, yeah, but they were the coldest beers I've ever had in my life in <laughs> London, which is hard to get because you know everyone drinks warm piss over there. Anyway, we're just getting stuck into it. By the third quarter. Matthew Carr, remember, he walked out on the oval and started spraying everyone because you, you're full of piss and you get excited. Yes. And particularly if there's some physicality, you want to get out there and get amongst it. So I appreciate Embers being on the sidelines, <laughs> wanting to get out there and get involved and, and hit a few people. Basically, you've just done two footy trips, free on West Coast footy trip, and you've played a game in the middle of it. That's what <laughs> yeah, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Em- Embers even said he didn't even know what had happened. He just heard the name Crowley. He was like, all right, I'm, g- I'm going to get him. <laughs> didn't even know anything. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was really great. A um, um, couple of other yeah. big moments that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, the the collision, I don't know what you want to call it. David, David Wirapunda. Yeah. And you in 2001. Uh, courage or stupidity from on your behalf? Well, or you'd have to think stupidity. Well, I don't mean stupidity, but just you mustn't have known there was someone coming. I I played with Bo Waters, yeah, right? I, was yeah. like, I name him as the most courageous. Yeah. But some of the stuff he used to do, I'd be out there. I'd just be like, what, what are, you, are you doing? <laughs> what, are you doing? <laughs> what, what on earth are you doing? And and we've I've watched that one with you, with David. We were playing, and I thought the same thing. I just thought, what are you doing? Do I was you looking remember for the it? one too. I was looking for the one too because <laughs> Andrew Ship got it and he was a real stoner back in the day. And um, anyway, he kicked the ball and I just <laughs> went <laughs> spearing onto it because I just needed to get the ball. That yeah. was basically it. You were looking for the ball. I, I, I couldn't care less what was happening around me because I just wanted to play well and that was opportunity to get the ball. Yeah. So it didn't really matter what was coming. You know, I really thought it was um, Ash McIntosh who cleaned me up because I didn't watch like the that. highlight, uh, the thing, the highlight, if that's a highlight. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it for a while because I, I just know that I was, you know, really, really hurt. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, when I'm laying down on the ground after that collision – trying to work out what was going on. Clive Wardhouse, can remember this clearly, he said, stay down, I'll take the kick. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> stay down, I'll take the kick. So you remember it. it got you in the head though, didn't it? Like, yeah, it got me in the head. I, I wasn't I wasn't great. Um, so I got up and it took me a while to take my kick, which I remember just focusing on three steps. One, two, three, that's all I want to say in my head. I remember this clearly. Yeah. And then I kicked it and went through right. And then I sat on the bench and I was – Hurting, like I was sitting there going, "Oh my lord, I don't know what's going." Like I, everything was just yeah. a bit too much. Clive, Clive just wanted a goal. He wanted a goal, <laughs> mate. He did. There was also the uh, Nick Holland hit. You've, I mean, you've you've had obviously some big ones. Yeah. Is there any that really haunt you still? Is that Weirra one the biggest? No, I think the uh, the the one that hurt me the most was Nick Holland. That hurt me the most because um, I cracked guy, my ribs. Guy, yeah, you and sort of flipped upside down. Yeah. And so, so it got to half time, and that was just before half time. And Belly called out for me to go, shorty! And then I just turned and just ran and went for a mark with the back flight and floor. And he kept cleaning me up. And, all, and anyway, we got to half time, and I sat down in the change room, started to cool down, and everything was hurting. Like I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I punctured my lung. It's hurting, right? And so we're getting done by Hawthorne. 
And then Chris Conley, the coach, comes up to me and goes, how are you going? I said, yeah, good. And he said, um, <laughs> um, you, you need to do a job on um, Shane Crawford. And Shane Crawford's a running machine. So for the second half of that game, I played on Shane Crawford and was tagging him. And, you know, he tackled me, I tackled him. And it was just, every time it landed on me, it was so painful. And got to the end of the game and I was in all sorts. I couldn't, you know, sneezing or coughing, um, you know, people trying to talk to me. I couldn't talk to him because I felt I, I was in, in a lot of pain. Yeah. So the doc was trying to get me sorted out and we had to go to the hospital and check if my lung was uh, punctured and stuff like that. The coach didn't, he didn't come up and say a word to me. Not a word. Didn't fucking know. We turned up to the airport after I got the clearance to be able to fly because my lung wasn't punctured. And um, Peter Swab was the opposition coach and he comes up to see if I'm okay. <laughs> No shit. He comes. Opposition coach comes up to talk to me and Who's see if I'm okay. Coach this time? Chris Connolly couldn't give a shit. <laughs> couldn't give a shit. Wouldn't even recognise my name or my face. I reckon Chris Connolly. <laughs> Opposition coach at Tassie Airport in, in bloody Launceston, sitting beside me, talking to me. Uh, am I okay from getting cleaned up in that one? Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There were a couple of big hits. I, I I didn't used to put myself in those positions, Dan. I was too smart for that. Yeah, you are smart. Yeah, yeah. Smart. and then I was playing the waffle, broke my back doing exactly what you did, just, <laughs> just like, which is why I talk about stupidity because I was just trying to get the ball. Same yeah, here. yeah. I was yeah. just trying to mark the ball. I wasn't yeah. going back to show the boys how strong I was to drop back in the hole. I, I went back, me and my back, broke my back, taught, taught me a nice lesson. Um, yeah. Uh, a couple more. Uh, so towards the back end of your career, right? So 2005, um, and now I won't speak from first-hand knowledge, but a bit of radio did, people are calling for you to retire. Yeah. To finish yeah. up. And you say, piss right off, I'm going to play on. 2006, one of your best career years. Yeah. Play almost every game, if not every game, all three finals. Like you said, playing a prelim. Is that, does that, on reflection, is that one of your... Best years is that is that how you look back at that year and hundred percent will yeah you to everyone else yeah one hundred percent so go back to that game that in two thousand and five before the season started Chris Connolly um, brought me into the office and he told me it was going to be a hard year for me and I was wondering like I I I, I know that I was a hard trainer I know that I um, was a hard trainer and yes you know I played some shit games there's no doubt about that but um he told me before the start of the season he was looking to give some other guys uh, a go. And I um, was still thinking in my head, well, if I get dropped, then I'll work my way in. I'll play well for East Romano and uh, I'll work my way back in. So be it. I'll still be able to play a significant chunk of the season. In that year, I played seven games. Wow. And I was absolutely ruined mentally. I, I, I spent a lot of time with uh, Neil McLean. And I'm not sure, Will, if you spent any time with yep, you because I know he's at the West, West Coast, Coast Eagles. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I spent a lot of time um, with Neil, catching up with him. He lived in Cottesloe. I, I was, me and him were down at Vans, so we looked like we had this um, this gay relationship going. We're down there that often, <laughs> <laughs> just having a lovely cup of tea, and I'd have a, a cake with some cream on it, just so I was just all dis- uh, <laughs> sit there, cry eyes out. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. all like that. Yeah. Um, so I was really down until we went to that. So I got to the end of the year, and this is quite – all my stories are long. I do apologise, but – Please don't. I, literally why we exist. Uh, <laughs> so good. I get to the end of the year, and I was certain that I was going to get the chop. Absolutely certain. Because during the year, I played really well for Isra Mantle. I pride myself on still playing really well, and then coming in thought, well, they can't not pick me this week. Guess what? No, they didn't pick me. Following me. They can't not pick me this week. Guess what? They And then I was just fucking pissed off. So I guess the end of the year, Chris Connolly pulls me out of the play, the player lounge and he um, asked me to come outside for a chat. And I thought in my mind, this is it. He's he's going to delist me. I, I was I was quite prepared for it. And we walked outside and he said, I just want to let you know, um, you'll be sticking around next year. We're not going to delist you. I actually felt like there was two two feelings. 
One was, thank God I'm still around. And yeah. but the other one was, I'm almost, almost disappointed I didn't have an excuse to have tea a gold tee off and have a gold in. <laughs> yeah, weird no, combination. You're right in your mind. Oh, like I've spoken a bit about uh, I similar experience really. Like I was almost at least in my third year towards the back end of my career. You know, role, yeah. turned into a role player, and the yeah. same, I had the same meeting. Walking yeah. in, I was like, "All right, here we go." This happening. Hey, you know, Craig Vozzo, Adam Simpson, come yeah. come chat with us. Door shut behind you, and you're like, "Oh, well, here we go." And then they sort of presented this case about, you know, that we want you to play on that sort of stuff. And I had the same feeling. The like, I was ready to just go. I've played so well in the waffle field. I've played a yep. role. I've built your culture. Yep. I've done this and that. And you're just going to flip me out. And then they didn't. And it's like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> it was really hard. Um, so. We end up playing. Uh, we end up playing. Oh, so it's two thousand and five. Was that trip to London? I think no. Two thousand end of two thousand and six. I think. I, I th- I'm going to go it? with two thousand and five. I, I, I made a mistake. I mean, I mean, I mean you would grand, know. I would not know. <laughs> yeah, it was after the losing grand final. I think that's the losing one. I thought it was off the winning one. I do apologise for that. Um, but so when we went to London and I played that game, even though I said I was you know dry as a, ca- a camel's hump, I got. <laughs> Plenty of kicks, and I fucking went walked off the game. Apart from all the great stuff that happened, but I thought I can act, I can play I can play at this level, and I'm not going to let these fuckers hold me back. So again, when we got to preseason, and I'm not sure if you went through this will at times. You whilst I knew I was hard training, I'm out there having a good old time and going about it. But because of the pressure I felt from coaches' eyes a lot, I would not necessarily be forefront in every drill. Maybe. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, I make sure I get the ball a few times. I fucking handball it to Pav or whoever else, yeah. give it to Belly, you know, that kind of stuff because they can, you know, they're the guns and I don't want to make a mistake because then I don't get yelled at. Yeah. I reckon I subconsciously had that in my mind, but I just changed that about myself. So I came to pre-season training, know that I can play at that level because I played that game. And it's just a shit game at London, but I just went fucking nuts. And every time I took to the training track, I, I just screamed at everyone. So if, you know, on my team, Pav, Pav, took over his captaincy and I just fucking abuse him till he gives me the footy, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was at the front of every drill and training wasn't just, you know, you're running through and, you know, you do match him. I'll tackle everyone to the ground. Everyone's going to the ground. Uh. Everyone's going to cop one in the head at every training session. And um, I wasn't going to – and that was only a defiance towards probably the coaching staff. Yep. Mark Harvey joined our coaching staff that year and before the start of the preseason games started, and I knew I was, regardless of how I knew I was training, I was always going to be, I don't know, 28th player under Chris Connolly. And so I went and saw Mark Harvey before the start of the preseason games and I said to him, can you have an open mind about me? I know you knew. Can you just have an open mind? Because the, I don't believe the others do. And if you do have an open mind, I won't let you down. And he said, yep, I will. I'm new to this. I'm happy to go down that track. And we played pre-season games where I started the first game and they had played, you know, like 25, 26 players because it was a hot day. And I played like 20 minutes. But I didn't make any fuck-ups. Just yeah. did as well as you can. You can't do work that much well. Yeah. But then I went and saw the coach, got in his face. What do you reckon? He goes, yep, nah, no worries. There was nothing to make a mistake about because hardly on the field. But at least I was front of mind. Then I'd go hard at training. Then they, they didn't give me a game the next week preseason game against North Melbourne away and then uh, finally the last game was the preseason game against Port Adelaide and I went in and saw Chris Connolly and I asked him if he can just um, he's resting some of the guys can you just play me in the middle of the ground did you uh, ask him or did you yeah I asked him, him can, can, can you play me in the middle of the ground I'd love to have the opportunity to play in the middle of the ground yeah. and in the end two days later came back to me and goes yeah we, yeah, well, you know, why not and I, I had a 
I had a blinder because I know I'd done the work. Yeah. And I put myself out there and I demanded so much of everyone that pre-season. And I demanded so much of myself. And I was able to then start the season. I got picked for the first game. So I've come out of That is by far the proudest um, time I've ever had in footy. Yeah, most definitely. Do you look back on that? You clearly change your mindset yep. coming into that pre-season. Do you look back and go, gee, I wish I did it for the rest of my career? Or was it just like, was it impossible? Like you also... Yeah. You know, it's like... It's a, really, it's a really good question. So when I first started AFL football, I just thought, Everything's going to happen for me. And then I got injured and I became a hard trainer. But there's also a difference between um, being hard and physical training and also having a handle on your mental state when you're playing because there's a lot more than just being, you know, I could lift more weights than anyone yeah. and I can run further than anyone. You've got to be able to handle the pressure. And I don't think I handled the pressure well. And until I put myself under the most pressure and just said, Fuck this. It doesn't yeah. matter about the mistakes. You've got to keep pushing through. And bought my training to life every single day. Then um, I would have been in yeah, I would have been in the wilderness, wilderness still. I'm so glad I did that and I wish I'd done it earlier. And it was a lesson that I could tell to a lot of other kids um, and a lot of other people out there. Don't just fade away into the background because of the thoughts of other people around you. Don't be that person. Just chuck yourself out there. And if you're going to be knocked off or cut down... Do it your way. Yeah, that's really good. Mm. I love that. I didn't realise you and I had... I, I look at you and I think Sean McManus absolute star, and I still do. Thank you, Will. But I I look at you as a far echelon above me as a player. But just listening to you today, I think we have quite a lot in common in terms of the coaching relationship, training. So yeah. I, I, assume I can hear you talking. I'm like, that's, that's literally me. I always used to wonder about... There are people who go through who never under that pressure. Like, Belly always played the way he was able to play because he never got uh, a coach looking over selection his shoulder. Pressure, and selection, yeah. He, yeah. he never did. But there's a, a lot of players and um, who, who were in our situation and um, there is enormous amount of pressure. And I, I think the coaches forget that they can have an influence on how you are going in a big way, negative or positive. And, and um, they often get carried away with being hard asses and trying to tell you what you're doing wrong all the time rather than, you know, obviously coaching you, that's what it's about, but also um, inspiring you to be better or allowing you to be the person you, you can be. I was the most dropped player in West Coast history, I think. I think I asked, uh, there's a couple of stats guys out on Twitter and I asked them to do it at the end of my career, yeah, a certain number of games, sort of like a percentage ratio thing, and I, I am number one in that regard. Far out. And so... I agree with you. Uh, I think there's a lot of negativity. And the best year I ever had was 2015 when uh, Aaron McKenzie, Mitch Brown both did their knees. Yep. And coming into that season, I was, I don't know, four deep probably. Um, and they go out back-to-back -back in the preseason. Mitch did his round one. I didn't get picked round one. Mitch does his ACL. And then I play every single game for that year. And the confidence the coaches had in me was forced because <laughs> there was no one else. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> it was me, Gov, yeah. Tommy Barras, who... Was he it was pump? his first year coming out of Claremont. He'd been spent a lot of time down at Scarborough with his mates. If you were at Metro's, he was whatever's down at Scarborough. <laughs> Look out. And so <laughs> there was me and Gov. And so the confidence I had, I never like I was never gonna get dropped. And like and it was the most enjoyable, best year I ever had. 
But then you come out of that and it goes back to the same shit. And yeah. I had 2018, it was dropped again, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, again, not about me, but I no, do no, no, no. Of, uh, no, it is a lot of lightness. A lot of people who would be listening to this would be under those circumstances at the time. Yeah, it's just difficult. AFL, and it's not meant to be easy, obviously, but there are people who have different journeys to others and it's always good to hear a yeah. different point of view. But um, I remember that year, Will, because you, you played tall and small. You had them all covered. You had yeah. them a blinder and you're a great runner, obviously a 400-metre champion. Is that right? 800. 800, yeah. okay. Just yeah. double it, double it, Number um, speed and endurance, what a combination. But, yeah, I remember it was a fantastic year. And I also remember the fact that, you know, the people would say, oh, the same old bunch, here we go. It was almost like a, a scapegoat. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. Take Will out of the team. Was that the same? At, at stages in your career, were you, were you the scapegoat? Uh, I don't know if I was the scapegoat. Chris just went, I think he thought that I might have been too big for my boots around Fremantle. And that's not because I had a big head. It was probably because I was... He thought that I wasn't good enough to have, um, be as well known or or respected yes. in a, in our community huh. as what I should have been. Mm. Um, That's what days at uh, or nights at Metro Frio yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're there, around. yeah, when you're the people's champion, out amongst <laughs> yeah. the people, what people's do you do? Champ, Sean McManus, <laughs> your last game. Let's finish your career. Uh, when when else would you play your last game than a Western Derby? You are the king of derbies, from what I've seen. So. Uh, uh, don't, I don't remember what round it was. You, can you remember what it was? Oh, 2008, it was 18 though. or 19. 18. 18. 18. 2008, um, a Fremantle home game, home yep. derby. Yeah. You win by 33 points. Uh, what's that like? To know it's your last game, to have effectively a farewell game almost, yep. and to win it in front of your home crowd against your arch rival. Yeah, it was, it was quite an amazing day, really massive build-up. And, um, you know, throughout your career, uh, when you're in the media, sometimes it's not that positive, would you believe? And that was a whole week of positivity about me. Yeah. It was great for my family and friends and supporters to come along. I thought the West Coast Eagles, the way they um, supported me at the end of the game was, was great. I really, I really thank them so much for all the players and also the staff who wish me all the best during the week and after that game and they lined up and, you know, you get clapped off or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I really do appreciate that. I do appreciate my teammates knowing that that was going to be my last game was um, for the team. It was, it was something special. And I know, you know, people like Pav and Luke McFarlane had great games and, and they were, you know, they wanted to perform because I'd played with them for so long. In fact, the, I think it was the week before, we were playing Adelaide, right? We were playing Adelaide over at Footy Park. And me and Mark Harvey had had a, had a, a chat and I was going to finish. The best way to finish would be in the Derby. Yeah. So at halftime, Mark Harvey says to the group, and it was a real tight game, he just yells out, um, all right, everyone, um, Sean, how, long, how, many ga- how many quarters of football have you got left? And I said six. Wow. And then everyone went a bit quiet. Because that's declaring that I was going to finish the next week. So he thought that might be a way of us winning that game, which we did. We won that game. But afterwards, we all spoke and said, you know, can everyone keep it quiet until Sean announced it to the public? Well, my good mate Byron Shammer, love him to death. He gets interviewed by um, ABC Radio. and he's Post like, game. Yeah, post game. Oh, and you know, Sean, he's second last game. And he's retiring <laughs> next week. And oh, are, you fucking, are you serious? <laughs> but anyway, back to the game itself. It was great. We won. Some guys played some really great games. Um, a lot of fanfare and all that stuff. I was able to walk around the Oval Dam with all the kids and um, do, a, do a lap of honour in, in slow motion because I was lapping up every second of it. <laughs> but it was really lovely. It was really, really lovely um, how that all ended that way. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so Freo, career done and dusted. You spoke about your pride in the jumper and in the club and you put a lot of work into it post your career as well. What's it like watching this current crop? Flag mantle. Now, I know, I know a lot of people connected with Freo don't want to talk about flag mantle. I know that because if I, it was the other way around, West Coast, I wouldn't be doing this. But because I'm not associated with Freo, I'm just going to get right around the boys and hype it right up. Well, what's it like watching this current crop? They're clearly getting a lot of things right and they're putting themselves in a very good position this year. Yeah, certainly are. They're hungry. Some of the small forwards are getting very lively. They're one of the, uh, I think, the def- uh, best uh, defensive team, forward half defensive team in the comp. They're causing turnovers. They're going nuts. Justin is coaching a really um, fun style of footy. I reckon they're manic when they need to pressure. They're kicking the ball around. The defence are taking marks um, willy-nilly these days. I, I reckon Justin's got them going really well. Yeah, it's so good to get along to the games, Will, and be a um, supporter slash pass player and uh, see them so competitive week in, week out. They look fucking hungry to yeah. be successful. Good crowd at Frio. I hadn't experienced too much of it. West Coast for a long yep. part of my career. Been working with Fox Footy and Seven this year yep. and I see the crowds now and it's a very different crowd to West Coast. I don't know if you have the same, you don't see many West Coast games, but very different, young, uh, energetic. It's it's a good atmosphere to be at for our games. Yeah, it's a really good, it's, time, it's timing obviously as well because now we're back in the spotlight with the young players are going to get a new audience and, and that's yeah. going to build over time. So that's really fantastic with the club going forward. But we've got some... Talented players, and you get them obviously for finishing down the, yeah. the ladder. Obviously, yeah, you know um, Andrew Brayshaws and Sarongs and West all Coast will guys. find that out next couple of years. I would yeah, say. No, they'll they'll get the yeah. chance to be able to select a few players in the drafts the way the way their seasons ended up. But yeah, no, I'm pumped. I love going along, watching the boys go at it, and really, and I feel every bump. I'm sure you do, but I feel it. I feel the bumps. Yes. I want to lay the tackles. You know, I'd love to be down there and still involved and um, and and being a part of it. I feel like I kind of am because I've got strong relationships with with Justin Longmuir and Peter Bell and yep. um, a number of other players. David Mundy's still playing. Um, uh, I think Fremantle's got the best coaching staff, by the way. Have a yeah. look at their bloody coaching staff. Everyone's played a hunt. Yeah. Everyone's played three hundred games, mate. Uh, so we went through at the start of this year, and anyone who doesn't listen to this podcast doesn't know this, but we made a case for every team why they can win the premiership. Yep. And not only did yeah we do Fremantle, but my chat was about the coaching staff that they have. And I experienced that at Peel last year because I yep. played with Peel. Yep. So I, I saw Joel Corey. I saw Josh Carr. I saw uh, Boyd. Boydy. Yeah. I saw – it's incredible. Jamie, yeah, then we throw in – we added Murph to the – Murphy. Jesus. Bell, who? Jamie Graham. Da- Jamie, Jamie Graham. David Hale, David Hale was yeah. there. You know, like it's uh, – I, I agree with you. Um, now – Finish off on these last two questions before we get to social media. I do. There's okay. No, no long. We, we're going to get you out of yeah, here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make them quick. Yeah. No, no. It's, we it's appreciate like, it. Yeah. I, I feel bad that we've kept you here so long. Um, but what, mate, I've been dribbling. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to kick you out, but I need to hear the answers to these two questions. Okay. Um, can you talk us through putting bananas down your pants? <sighs> I've got the world record. Yes. It's the world record. Still, wow. So you're a world record holder. That is official. So the most amount of bananas down your pants whilst wearing them. So I was wearing tracksuit pants. I tucked my tracksuit bottoms into my socks just fuck? so that none can slip out the bottom and I just rammed them in. A bloke over in the US or Canada, he stole the record off me so I had to do it again. <laughs> oh shit, what an asshole. There'd be people around going, I want a world record. I'm going to look at this and try and steal it. <laughs> and also, I, I've re- only recalled this happening this morning when I was reading about it, but I remember it at the time, your mum winning 
a Melbourne Cup day. $485,000 she won, um, picking the first four, and that was a half a unit for $12 she outlaid at the Mount Henry Hotel. No kidding. She picked every year when she does the Melbourne Cup, she goes Gay Ward House if she's got a horse in it because she's female. And then because of our um, heritage, then she goes any other Irish horse names. And she put four horses in box. They can come in any order. $12. And it won her $485,000. What was that phone call like from your mum? Did she call you and say... I was at the races at Ascot. My brother came up to me and said, have you heard from your mother? And I went, nah. He goes, she's, she's won the quartet. And I was like, what? Mum doesn't bet. She's not a better. And he goes, have you seen the, have you seen the fucking dividend? And I'm like, nah. He goes... It's almost a million bucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm like, holy shit, we're flipping out. Because mum and dad had been through a rough period um, for a couple of years, probably about four years uh, leading up to that really, really financial rough period. Really? And um, it felt like, no shit, it felt like it was just a, you know, I, I'm, I'm born a Catholic, haven't been to church for a long time, but it felt like some kind of a blessing or some kind of a miracle. Divine type. intervention. Yeah, it was. It did. It really did feel that way. But wow. um um, she's she's pulled that out of her ass, Mum did, and she saved the she saved the the the, the farm, so to speak, and really, um, yeah, just on the whim by doing that. Gay Waiter has his horse, which is called Green Moon. It paid twenty dollars, and then Fiorenti paid eighty dollars, came second, and the two other horses I forget now, but um, um, Jackalbury was one, as another, and uh, I can't remember the other one. But how's that? How bloody good! Yeah, that amazing. Well, stuff. I think sometimes I like, imagine winning the lottery, right? Like, well, what, yeah, yeah. what would you do? Yeah, what what did you what did you do as a family? Like what, can, can oh, we went over um, any great victory in the McManus house is celebrated with takeaway Chinese. I think, <laughs> I think it's that's like the, the cheapest go. possible reward. <laughs> yes, my mum would have firstly bought a she would have bought a bottle of Yellow Glen. To, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so yeah, that's the celebration perfect. was just at, at the oldies home, and so people had asked me. Yeah, oh, geez, did your mum flip you any coin? You know, for the rest of the family members, but no, no, no joke. Um, mum and dad have been through a really tough financial period, and that was honestly to save the farm. That's and, incredible. Um, that's what it did. That's amazing. Well I've never heard that story, so that's it's good. Yeah. Very special. I love that. All right, so here we are. I know you know about this, Sean. I know you know. You said you didn't know about Backchat, but you would have heard about social media, and of yes, course. that is some of the best work you'll ever hear not social media social media this is where we get our fans to ask you the questions you've heard yep. enough from dan and i today yep we get them to send them in and there's been some uh, little doozies come in from our <laughs> fan base i'll tell you what uh so this is their opportunity to ask you the questions are yeah, you ready yeah, yeah, yeah. social media here we go mark blakely i mean blakely uh, yeah there you, yep. go. <laughs> you did <There's, laughs> Uh, thoughts on the prospect of a Western Derby grand final in 06. Um, what that could have looked like personally. Glad it didn't happen because the Eagles already had lost both derbies that year. My thoughts were I was hoping that this was going to take place because I could just see the spectacle being a mad fight, like a full-on punch-up, like old-school style, yeah. and no one would have cared if you got um, suspended afterwards. I'm really disappointed that that never take the, took place. And I often think back to that. You know that that us playing Adelaide and them playing um, Swans. You think you, you, you would have beaten West? You beat them two times. Yeah, that and year. I reckon it would have been. And, and I, I do think we would have won, but that's just my take. Regardless, I reckon it would have been a humdinger of a game, yeah. like a full-on punch-up that the whole of Australia would be talking about to this day. It's pretty amazing that 2015 the same thing happened. So Frio finished on top. Yep. West Coast finished second. We both played in prelims, and it was meant to be a Western Derby grand final. Like yeah. I, I remember. Two best like, teams. Yeah, because on the Friday night, uh, Hawthorne played Freo, and yep. I, I was going for Freeman. I probably have similar uh, thoughts to you. I think we would have beaten Freo at the MCG. Yep. yep. 
But Hawthorne, who we'd beaten in the qualifying final, I was just thinking, like, please don't let them through to the grand final because it's at home. They'd won uh, already two grand finals. Uh, it was not the matchup we probably needed. And Freo, you boys cooked the bed for it. You know, Massively. But oh, but there was there was a couple of things, and this goes to your game too, that you played in the grand final, Will. They shot the lights out with their goal kicking. It was unbelievable. So yeah. Subiaco Oval, they're pegging goals out of their ass. They hardly kicked a point. And, you know, with momentum, you know, one team kicked six goals, six, and the other one's, you know, That's nine right. straight or nine, one or ten, one. And it just really hurt. And they got you in the grand final in that first quarter. Yep. You know, obviously Hodges kicked one out of his ass. Um, Rioli's kicking yeah, that them. Was, that was they, on, mate. They yeah. did not. <laughs> did, they didn't miss. But yeah. maybe those goals are points because they're tough kicks like all of them. And the, the and the, the mentality is different. Changes yep. the game. And twenty thirteen grand final for Freo, same thing happened. Freo yeah. wasted a lot of chances yeah. that day First as well. And like, time. And but that's how footy goes, isn't yep. it? All right. Short for Decker. Favorite Guernsey. Favorite Guernsey. The green away Guernsey. Oh. Yeah, the retro green away one. Yeah, absolutely Charlie, loved it. Charlie, do you like that one? Have you got? Have you got a few? I asked you to bring all your jumpers in. You bought one in. We def- <coughs> we definitely have had. All of the Guernseys in the past could not find any this morning. I think people have been pilfering them. Charlie's been very excited to see you coming in. And <laughs> Charlie, I said, Char- likewise, mate. I said this morning, I said, bring all your Frio yeah, shit yeah. in. I want to deck it out, piss the West Coast stuff off. You bought one, one jumper in. I think there's a key ring back there. <laughs> the green jumper for me, I can't wait to see it again, hopefully this year. What about Scott Five Dale? Uh, when playing with JL, did you ever think he would move into coaching? No, not at all. Um, JL, he's a great country human being, as they all are. Show me a country guy that's a dickhead. You won't find one. They're all great people. And um, JL was a great man. Loved hanging out with him. So then his career ended up finishing early because of his knees. I will say that Justin Longmuir would be one of the greatest ruckmen come forwards we could have ever seen, particularly in WA. Wow. He should have been... I've got no doubt at 26 years of age, he could have been one of the greats. I'm, I'm talking Luke you Jackson know, the pa- sort of player, Luke Jackson sort of. Yeah, but uh, if, Luke Jack- if Luke Jackson right. plays 250, 300 games, because right. Justin was on ch- charge for that. You know, he played 140-odd games. He was a genuine star. Wow. I mean, he wore a long sleeve all the time because his arms were as – he had toothpicks for arms. But, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Justin could have been an absolute freak show of, of a player. And um, I didn't think he'd go into coaching. He got involved when he retired just to stay involved in footy, and then it morphed into that. And one thing I love about Justin is he went and educated himself with all different people around Australia in leadership programs and um, specialists in different areas of coaching, not footy, not necessarily footy, to, to make him the person he is today. And Work hats off to him. Off, yeah. yep. uh, Alex.Mara. No, the answer, but I think. Uh, re- your, any relation to Rove? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Johnny's my first cousin. His name is John. His name's John. Yeah, so he's always been Johnny to me. Johnny. John McManus. Yeah, Johnny. Rove McManus's name is John. Yep, yep. So they live one street apart. They were in Dune Place in Willerton. I was in Rana Court, one street apart. They had a pool, so every summer day after school we'd get over there and uh, pool pony races and bomby comps and all that kind did of he, stuff. Did he ever have any uh, – he was he was a very big celebrity back in the day. Probably yep. s- still is. Yep. Like he, but he was like one of the biggest TV – yeah, he was. Of all time. Yeah, he was. Loaded. Of all time. Did you have any – did you get a cousin invite along to any parties? No. Did take him to Metros oh, at all? Yeah, did early take days. Him, take oh, him I out? took him to the tunnel. I took him to the tunnel What's one the night. Tunnel? <laughs> oh, what? That's a sacrosanct in um, – so in Melbourne when we first pl- started playing for the probably decade of my career, I, I guess, maybe to the 
2000. The tunnel was a nightclub in Melbourne where the, all the footy players used to get a $50 drink card. Oh, it, st- it turned into Star Bar, I think. Oh, oh okay. Star Bar. Star Bar. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, yeah, I took him there because when he first went to Melbourne for once he was in a comedy in Perth and he first went to Melbourne, of course, he didn't know many, you know, he hadn't reached the levels yet, so he was... Yeah, eight, what eight, eight, the yeah. big, <laughs> big dog getting around with his $50 drink card. <laughs> <laughs> I also had a gold card to the men's gallery too. That was one of, that was, That's another story. But <laughs> Is that a strip joint? Yeah. I'm assuming that's a strip joint. That's in King Street. A yeah, gold card. Um, <laughs> so Rover would be eating baked beans on toast every night because he wasn't at the levels he got to. And But in the end, obviously, wow. his genuine talent, he ended up being the star, uh, an absolute star, um, and loving the pieces. I remember about Rove. He used to run this segment. I've always wanted to recreate. They used to like put a camera in a random spot facing like a hill and, and, and they'd go, if you're watching Rove, flick your lights oh, on and yeah, off. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I do. I used to watch yeah. We used to live on this hill in Geelong and I always used to think, like, imagine if I get to turn my lights on and off on Rove. That's what I used to watch. It like, we should better recreate that. that. I think yeah, he, he, that show was huge at the time. I don't know he if we've got great. the same pool as Rove, but oh, we could, Probably, it could be track. similar. Uh, you pick one, Dan. I've lost track. Um, will Sean? This is from Annie Lane. Will Sean swim outside the shark net this summer? <laughs> I did a couple of times. What, what is this? What's I mean, I assume there's some sort of. Okay, so the shark net's down at Cottesloe Beach. Yes, and um, a lot of people are swimming, say from almost Swanbourne up to Cottesloe and back in the open water. Right, so in the open water, you're thinking, Jesus Christ, I'm going to get rolled by a big one here. No yes. doubt about it. So the guys I swim with a lot of the time, we just swim inside the net. And there was only a few occasions, it was twice last year, where we got outside the net and stopped, you know, shitting our pants and we're going to get killed <laughs> by a shark. But here's the good news for me. Spider Burton's seven foot, and he has a, 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 a dominant left arm. So when we're swimming from Cottesloe to Swanbourne, he would always start swimming further out because his left arm would take him further out. So anyway, I just stick on the inside. <laughs> I just stick on the inside with him what? and just just mirror him all the way down. Know that I'm gonna have some kind of breakwater if a shark came some along. Spiders swimming in circles with his left <laughs> <Yeah>. arm. <laughs> yeah. That one-legged duck thing. Uh, what about uh, two left? Uh, yeah. Kyle Sinclair underscore. I want the second question. I don't know what is going on here, but I'd like to know. Um, question two: Andy Brayshaw paying for your groceries. Oh, yeah. Andy, bro, what's going on there? Oh, okay. Settle in for another 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Last Friday. Last Friday? Fucking <laughs> 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 I was going to say 10 years ago. <laughs> so last Friday, uh, I was leaving the house. I had to pick up two of my boys from schools in Fremantle, right? So across the road, where I'm in I'm in East Fremantle, Bicton, uh, sorry, Palmyra across the road is the Woolies. Yeah. And I'm about to leave and Miss going, we need dunny paper and um and, and toothpaste. And I was like, fuck yeah, all right. So in the car, <laughs> oh, I, yeah, zing, I, I zing into um I zing into Woolies and you know how all, all shopping centres are built. So you walk in there and all intentions are getting two things. Yeah. Well, in the end, I just start grabbing shit because straight away I saw crumpets were half price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and crumpet. You like a crumpet, by the way? No, but I know he will. I know he Are will. You? Why not? I just, I just, I don't like the consistency. They're too. I don't, I don't like. Yeah. Them. Nah, I just, just like bread. A, just like bread's a, fine. Just like, bread's fine. Yeah, like a sponge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I get them for my kids, so. I don't. Oh, okay, good excuse, Dan. Sorry, no <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm taking you off, but yeah, no, 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 not no. a crumpet fan. No, no. So anyway, so I've got the crumpets, and then I thought oh, I'll grab some dog food, and then there was a couple. Uh, dog food's in the meat section, so I grabbed some more meat. I was like, they, they, then I saw these ribs were on special, like they're fucking twenty five percent off, smoky barbecue <laughs> ribs. So I'm like, oh, I'll get a couple of packs of these. Anyway, as you can see, my story going, 
I end up spending a lot of mo- a fair bit of money rather than just getting the two things. Yes. So when I come around to the self checkout, I'm doing the bags, you know, scanning myself through, put my my food in the bag, put the bag off, and getting the next bag up. With that, Andy Brayshaw comes comes past me and because he lives around, you know, not far from me, but. He uh, taps me on the shoulder. G'day, mate. How you going? I said, oh, great. And then I started saying, how good has he been this season? Because I haven't spoken to him for a while. Yeah. He's been great. And How good are the ribs? 25% off. <laughs> crumpets. Do <laughs> yourself a favour. Did you try the crumpets? <laughs> it's on the microphone. Jesus That's Christ, yeah. Get on it. we get some crumpets down here for Andy Brayshaw. All three, all three. And um, anyway, so I'm talking to him for five minutes. In that time, I'm getting a phone call from one of my boys because his school finishes at three. The other one finishes at 3.15. Right. So I'm like, fuck, I know my phone's grabbing. And then I, and I uh, get Annie like, yeah, mate, great. All the rest of the stuff. Yeah, thanks. Cheers. And then I grab my bags and I had a big thing of like 20 kilo fucking dog food <laughs> as well, you know, just um, biscuit things. So I just grabbed that with the one arm and I've grabbed the two um, shopping bags and then I'm just off, right? So I'm off to the car. Zing off, and I go to first kid's school, grab him, go to the next one, and I'm sitting in the car waiting for my second son to come in the car, and I just thought I'd look at my account because I knew I was supposed to do um, just grab two things, and I knew that I'd spent you know around 150 bucks, yeah. and um, I'm looking at my account, and it hasn't come up. I thought, oh, maybe I use a different different card, so I look at the different card thing and look on that account, and no, nah, it hasn't come up either, and it just took me a second. I'm like, I haven't paid. Wow, <laughs> I just ran out of the shops and didn't pay. Wow. So anyway, I, I, I zing home and I give the groceries to missus. I go, I've got to, I've got to go back to the shop. She goes, what's going on? I said, I haven't paid. You idiot. You bloody, you stole. You stole. I go, you're going to You robbed the Woolworths. <laughs> you got a prison bag. <laughs> so I go, back to Wool, I go back to Woolies and I walk in and the girl who's at the, around the self-service uh, thing and I said, oh, excuse me, I'm so embarrassing. I'm sorry, but I, uh, I didn't pay. I left without paying. She said, Where, what do you mean? And I said, oh, I see that. Uh, check out just there. I, I walked away, and that checkout for some reason had it was like it had been um like there was tape around being <laughs> locked off. They've, they've printed a photo out of Sean's face already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Have you seen this? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said no. That that one there that's um it's not in use. Obviously, um I I, I didn't pay, and she goes, oh no, that's fine. I went, oh okay. Um, she said your friend paid, and I was like, my friend. She goes, yeah, that guy you're talking to. And I was like, oh. Oh no! So Andy Brayshaw, wow. the lady's gone up and said, "Oh, that guy, your, your mate over there, didn't pay. He's just running out of the shops." He's gone, "What?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, it's one hundred forty-seven dollars, and he hasn't hasn't paid. Can you give him a call?" And he was like, "I don't have his number. I've just contacted him on Instagram every now and then." And he goes, "I don't have his number." And he go, and then in the end, so he had to pay. Oh he my paid God. from a so. Oh, when I walk, I'm like, oh, "Are you joking?" So then I ring, I ring Justin. Ring JR, I'm like, mate, thank God he answered. I'm like, JR, yeah, got, got, got a big issue here. Yeah, I go, shorty, what's going on? <laughs> oh, mate, plenty's going on. He's gone, yeah, when are we going to I'm like, mate, I can't, let's not talk about anything here. You've got to send me Andy Brayshaw's number. He's, he's like, what, what What happened? He goes, he's just paid for me groceries. I walked out of the shops without paying for him. He's got stuck with 147 bucks. He's like, oh, yes, got him, stuff him, you know. That's a trap for young players, all that yeah. shit. Have you paid him back? I, I literally went straight over. I rang Andy straight away and I said, mate, I can't believe what happened? Give us your address. I know you're not too far away from me, and I and I drove straight over there and gave him the cash, hundred fifty bucks. Oh, uh, what a knob! Hey, and you know what? That's the second time. This is even worse. I, I don't know if this is the worst story, but this is this is a different way of looking things. So I was at Coles, and I reckon it was last year. Same thing happened. I got caught in my own mind. I grabbed my my bags, and I then so walked out to Brumbies, Brumbies, and I was going to pick up the kids from school, boys again from school, and I was like, oh, I'll get them like a, a cinnamon bun or something. Yes. 
So I'm ordering this shit, and this girl from Coles comes up to me, and she goes, excuse me, taps me on the shoulder, excuse me, Sean, um, could you come back to the store? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, someone wants a photo, I'll get a, you know, <laughs> an autograph. Get <laughs> an autograph happening. I walk in there, and she goes, and she just, like, hands me over to the manager. I'm like, oh, yeah, and I'm all smiling, and she goes, you haven't paid. I was oh like, all oh, right. <laughs> so this is a pattern of behaviour. What a dickhead. Mate, I honestly thought, you've been working in breakfast radio for a long time, I thought it would be quite well paid. Is everything okay? No, one bugs me ass for you. Do you need to speak to your mum? Well, you know what I remember? This is this is what I bring it back to. When I got nailed by Wirrapunda, yes. see, I've never <laughs> gone off by the... Taking it back to 2001. <laughs> I, I've never been um, taken off for concussion. No one's ever registered me in concussion and all the hits I've taken over my time. Wow. And there is a great example. I mean, apart from the fact that I'm a tight ass, as we've all just learned. <laughs> I don't want to finish <laughs> on a serious safe. note, but with what we've seen, I've lost two, two of my ex-teammates just retired from concussion-based symptoms. Yep. This is going to be the last one, so we are going to finish on a yep. sad note. Uh, Brad Shepard, yeah. Does that? Do you think about that? 100%, yeah. Um, so I read the news for my breakfast show and I make that many fuck-ups. Um and half the time when I sit around, and I'm, and I'm, and this is whilst I'm good saying with a smiley face and stuff, um, I, I I can absolutely worry about what's going on in my brain a lot of times. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because it's mentally in the morning I'm tired and I don't drink coffee and I'm just slow. Um, but my I, I forget shit all the time. I could be sitting here having a conversation with the guys and trying to talk sport and forget people's names left, right, and centre. So yeah, yes, well. I am worried about that. And isn't it funny that I think it's funny? Well. It is. Nah, it's not funny. It's, it's, not, it's not great. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, it's hard. Do you think back and think, would it change anything? Or to finish off, do you, do you just take it and that's how life's gone? Yeah, I think I just take that. That's just how life's gone and hope that I um, take a lot of fish oil and what are the other brain foods out there, Dan? You'd have a, you'd have a handle on this, wouldn't you? Spinach, I don't know. Yeah, I'll do as much as I can. Popeye. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 all right, that's it. Done and dusted. Back chat. Sean McManus, mate. We really appreciate all the time you've given us. Um, I reckon we could sit here for another four hours. You keep going. <laughs> you forgot the time. I was on a roll. <laughs> Any other time? Sorry. Forgot no, to pay for sure. Please do not apologise. We've had a sick time. Thanks to our sponsors, uh, Whippersnapper, uh, Blue Bet. Margaret River Roasting Co. and, of course, Shelter, who have got their fair lick of the ice cream. This yeah. Shawnee Max just looked after them. If you finish up on the Shelters, you can move on to a bit of whiskey to finish up with the Whippersnapper. I want to have a crack at this Whippersnapper, there's no doubt. I don't draw, normally haven't drank whiskey in the past, and then I had pre-season, I had a good session with Peter Bell, actually, and, Jesus, some good whiskey, and I'm sure Whippersnapper does. I'll be all over I'll it. I'll tell you what, I reckon we can sort something out yep. for Shawnee Mac. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, if you are listening along, you can watch us. This has been filmed. I don't know. Do we tell you this was filming? you got cameras down here, mate. You oh, know I can wearing pants. Find us on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got an, uh, we've actually got one under the table. Uh, YouTube, you can find us. You can have a look at us on social. Backchat double underscore, just the double underscore for good yep. luck. Yep. Uh, you can find us on the website backchatpodcast.com.au Send us an email. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au What well, what am I missing, Dan? We've done it all. Okay, it's been fun. Lovely. Thanks for having us. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.